Chapter One of Outlaws of Ravenhurst. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister M. Imelda Wallace, S.L. Chapter One The Grey Cloaked Stranger. Night lay on the long swelling waves of the Chesapeake Bay no wind no star a murky darkness the spars of an unlighted ship loomed through the fog and sank into fog again stealthily from the bulky gloom of the deck a dory slid on oiled ropes to the sombre waters two seamen followed then down the ropes came an object which seemed to be a man with a bundle wrapped in a long grey cloak the dory pulled off and was swallowed by the fog for an hour the ship swung at anchor, still no light, aloft or low, and no sound save the dull lapping of the waves. Then from the stern a bell began to toll. One slow, booming tone rolled off, and died away before the next followed. As if drawn out of the fog by the bell's deep calling, the dory came gliding back again. Two seamen were at the oars. The anchor sobbed up from the sea's grip. The tide was offshore, and the ship floated out with the current, unlighted, silent, back into the white smother from which it had come. Keen and marrow-searching, the morning wind rose along the shores of Maryland. Dense fog became a fine, drizzling rain, turning to sleet. Breasting it along lonely ways among the sand dunes, hurried a lean, bent man, carrying a bundle under his cloak, a long, muddied, threadbare garment as grey as rain-soaked ashes. The bundle was hard to manage. It seemed to move of its own accord. Once in a while a sound came out of it, a wailing cry, Donkey Tee-wee, take Doherty out! Shh! The man would whisper. His tone was a stern command, but his eyes glowed with great love. The bundle would sniffle a moment or two, then grow quiet. After hours of tramping, the man found a nook where the forest met the last sand dunes. Here, crouched between a low bank and a tree, with his own body shielding the bundle from the sleet, the man opened his cloak and loosened the sailcloth and the plaid shawl within. A fat fist slipped out of the opening, then a tousle of brown curls, a gurgling laugh, and a piping voice. Do it, donkey tee-wee. Take it all off. Hush came the man's low command, in a tone that would have been menacing, except that it was so deeply kind. Drink. He drew a flask from his cloak. The child drank, but all the while he stared over the bottle's rim at the man, a wise, wide, baby stare. His eyes were blue and deep as the sea, with a flash in their depths that in the turning of an instant might be fun or fury. Just now the eyes shone with a puzzled and half-angry trust. Even in this short time, the little fist which guided the flask was growing blue, though it gripped with deft strength, a swordsman's right hand still in the making. The stranger hastened to enclose the baby in his warm coverings. He wound the cloak about himself and his bundle, left the shelter, and hurried on through the stinging sleet. By mid-afternoon they had reached the top of a rough knob. Here the man seemed to be expecting someone. Placing himself in the spot well screened by the underbrush, he kept a constant eye on a little path which wound around the base of the hill. 
It was almost sundown before the expected one arrived, a gentle old man on a steady-going bay horse. His round, low-crowned hat, sober clothing, and great saddlebags gave him the appearance of a missionary passing from one mass station to another. If the man of the grey cloak was expecting the meeting, this other person evidently was not. Yet the stranger studied the missionary's face with a look of recognition and relief. Then, turning sharply, he slipped off in an opposite direction across the hill and down the other side until he reached the path at a point where the horseman must soon pass. Here the stranger took his queer bundle from beneath his cloak and propped it up against a stump. He loosened the wrappings from the baby's face and pressed upon the little brow one long, long kiss. The child awoke and cried out to him. The grey-cloaked figure whirled and darted up the hill into a thicket. Perhaps he feared the horseman would come before time. Perhaps he could not trust himself further, lest he fail to carry out his plan. The child, left suddenly alone, cried out at first, as if it were some game. Then, cross from weariness, he screamed and struggled with his coverings. At last, as if too weary to battle longer, his voice dropped to a convulsed sobbing, Donkey! Donkey Tee-wee! Far up the slope the stranger knelt between a ledge and a twisted mass of brush and vine. His clenched hands were outstretched on the rock, gripped upon each other till the fingernails bit into the lean flesh. His hollow, weather-furred face was set by the clenched will behind it. But his eyes were wet with an agony of love and longing. End of chapter 1